Wired access. Yeah. Wired access. We'll do it live! Do it live! Hayden Hill, the man from Omaha, gets a bit of meat here for the Dallas Jackals in sublime fashion. Who said people aren't eating meat anymore? From the Dallas Jackals, a sensational finish yet again. Hayden Hill has a double off the boot Go of Chris Pennell. Wired access. We'll do it live! All right. Welcome, everyone, joining Wired Training Center owner Brian Southworth, myself, Kendall Wickwire on Wired Access. We have the former Dallas rugby football player who, as of April, is now a part of the Major League Rugby team that actually was a expansion franchise this year, the Dallas Jackals. We have Hayden Hill, who is from the Omaha area, and who has actually been playing this sport since, what was it, Hayden, the age of 16? Yep, age of 16, and 2016 was my first year. Man, 16's a lucky number. So if I ask you one question, all the way back to that time of your life, what were the sports that you were interested in, and what sports were you taking part of? Man, so, yeah, the, the sports that I was taking part of, you know, I played football, there at Omaha Central. I did powerlifting at Omaha Central, and I played baseball for a few years as well. Um, and then how that, those were the ones I was really interested in. I like I tried out for the basketball team when I was a freshman, but you know, five nine only got you so far with those tall Omaha Central basketball players. So I had to pick up powerlifting. But I was really interested in those sports when I was uh, when I was at Central. All right. So when you look at those sports, obviously you mentioned basketball at Central. It was big title town during that time. You mentioned football. You guys were a competitor at that time. What brought the game of rugby into your life at the age of 16? Yeah, so uh, that's when baseball, I kind of was losing my interest with baseball at that time at Omaha Central. So um, that year I decided not to try out again. And there's these kids at my, uh, at my lunch table. Uh, Jason Pauley and Connor Pavlik, who played rugby the year before, and Johnny Whalen was in there as well, all Omaha Central football players as well. And um, I was looking for a sport. I was thinking about doing track and field. Didn't really spark my interest just because I wanted something with the ball in there. Um, That's just always more fun for me. Running didn't seem that fun for me. So I went out and then had my first practice at Memorial Field. Uh, Memorial Park, the field down there, and kind of just got the bug and just stuck with it and loved it ever since. So when you go back to that age, what was the team that was around here? Like if I was going to look for rugby, what, what's the teams that I would find at that time in Omaha? Yeah, right. So it's not like a – it's not a NSAA-sanctioned sport. So your own, your own high schools won't have their own teams. We, we kind of did it in the club level, so our team was called Omaha United, and it was a, a mixture of Omaha Central kids, um, Creighton Prep kids, and we had a few Ron Colley kids in there as well. So if you look back to where it has started back in, you know, for yourself in 2016 and where rugby is now in Omaha, has there been enough growth that you've seen, or do you just don't think the word or the growth is going in the right direction for a sport like that in Omaha? Right. So 
Yeah, the growth hasn't been great since I've gotten out. Um, teams kind of come and go uh, because, you know, you really got to get a good foundation with the high school to really promote that with them. And you got to find guys that will coach it, that know the game. So, you know, it, it's, it's kind of tough. You really got to have good support from the school. Um, so the growth so far has been so-so. But, I mean, my like my – second year into it Millard brought in a team and Millard had good uh a good foundation with the school and you know they had a team of like 70 kids something like that and it was it was a massive growth for the Millard area and then the teams kind of go up and down west side had a dip and then west side the past couple years have shot right back up Uh, I coached them a little bit um a couple years ago and they were doing pretty well Millard's been pretty good Omaha United I think took a year off just because it was hard to find numbers. So it's kind of that really it just needs to be a good relationship for the, with the actual high school for it to grow. And so then if you're, if you're at the age of 16 and you played all these other sports, for someone who has no idea how rugby gets into your blood, what would you, like to me, if I'm thinking of rugby, I'm thinking it's a mixture of football, soccer and hockey all in one what what was your thoughts when you started in 2016 yeah yeah i mean you kind of hit that right on the nose it's kind of a good mixture of both i even throw basketball in there in terms of drawing defenders and, and passing the ball and the pace of it you know uh what i thought of it at the time uh it was kind of just get out there and hit someone you know i mean you're 16 years old um you're out there you have a ton of energy so that's kind of that's kind of where you what you start thinking when you're young when you first get in the game it's just I got to hit someone I got to run into someone as hard as I can and uh, then you kind of get the concept of passing and creating space for other players and that's when rugby really starts getting fun but your first year um, you know you kind of just want to go out there and, and make something happen so that's that's what I would say and then yeah, I'd always I'd always call rugby now that I've seen it. It's the physicality of football, you know, the technicality of wrestling and the breakdowns, and you know, the pace of basketball. Like if there's turnover ball, there's no getting off the field. It's it's quick. You turn right around and you ch- you transition into offense. Well, and what I like what you're bringing to the table for us is is our our goal here on Wire and Axis is always to find ways to connect to different parents, to different athletes. Because there is so much strong emphasis on the higher sports like football, basketball, baseball. If I was to go look for rugby, what time of year would I be looking to play this sport? So in America, rugby, I mean, you can really play it year-round. Um, so in the springtime, that's kind of, there's two ways to play rugby. There's called 15s and there's called 7s. So your 15 seasons usually in a colder weather season, whether it's the fall or the spring. Some some leagues do it in the fall, some leagues do it in the spring. Um, I know rugby Nebraska did theirs in the spring because most of the rugby guys were football guys as well. And uh, and then seven, which is a really fast-paced game, which is just seven players on each side of the field. So it's mainly just open space, lots of steps, lots of open field tackles. Just speed, speed, speed. That's all seven. Um, so that's that's in the summer, and those are usually played on in tournaments. So 
you usually play like three, four games of seven a day. And, you know, you tr- that's kind of like a travel side. You know, you, you, if you're in the Nebraska area, you'll play a seventh tournament in Kansas City and Des Moines and Omaha and Minnesota. It's, uh, it's kind of like that. So you can play it year round, but in Nebraska, it's spring and summer. Well, and I like that you brought up this 15s and 7s because it's honestly, I think the growth of 7-on-7 football, especially in the past five years, has really taken off. But by what I'm hearing from what you're talking, rugby had the 7-on-7s for a while. Now, and I'm not saying football never had them before either, but in the high school realms, it's really starting to take off probably since you've left high school in 2017 it's been a big growth yeah, yep, I remember. and, and yeah, so I remember it's just playing, uh, blowing me away that how the connection is so strong but yet you know I, can you be honest with me with the game of rugby it takes a whole different type of man is that correct <laughs> yeah like yeah, you, you, you uh, gotta have no fear like you, you can't be afraid of a, a, a nose that might have got like gotten broken uh, a ear that might get pulled on or right yeah yep you really got to go in there 100 percent. you know like you can't back away from a tackle if you back away from a tackle you could honestly probably increase your chances of getting hurt but you really got to put your nose in there sometimes and, and really hit but you hit with you hit with technique as well you're taught a whole different technique that's safer for your head um safer for concussions and it's it's a lot easier to tackle that some way that someone that way and a lot safer as well. So for yourself, did you find, you know, everybody finds their sport that they end up loving. Did you end up finding an outlet in it that was different than any other sport that you've played before? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the whole community of rugby is really one thing that, that brought a different thing for me. So football, you're always, obsessed with the grind you know you want to make it to the next level um which is similar in rugby but the community is, is super like almost family oriented and always looking out for one of the other one one another you know uh at the, at the men's at the men's level you go out and you beat the heck out of each other for 80 minutes and then right after the game you shake each other's hands you guys go up you have dinner together or lunch whatever it is um and some beverages and you just you really enjoy each other's time and, and talk about you know whatever you want to talk about. Sometimes it's not even rugby. Um, and the same thing goes that high school. There's so many people that look out for you, uh, that have your back, and you know that's the same guy that you're getting chippy with on the field or that you were tackling or running over. And now, at the end of the day, you guys are best friends. Now, one thing that I noticed in high school football, where I was a coach, was the attendance sometimes of some of these kids when it came to rugby. And obviously at Central, you might have had some similar things where kids were kind of holding back and not always at every practice. Do you, did you see that when you came through the rankings of rugby? Or did you find that that sport oh, yeah. might have drew them in closer? Yeah, so I remember in high school it was all, you know, kids would come out for one or two practices and leave because it was, it was off-site. Um, it wasn't on the high school, so you had to find your own way there. You really had to love the sport. You had to find your own way to the practices. Um, it wasn't right after school. It'd usually be at like 4.30, so everyone could get there. Um, so it, it, it kind of fell off. But as you, as you progress and kind of get into college, 
and getting the men's, you see a little bit more commitment from people that have been through that type of thing. Well, and speaking of college, you went to Grand Canyon University where you majored in emergency management and you played a little bit of rugby. Uh, what was that like oh, yeah. playing in Colorado? I mean, you played for Boulder, rugby, football, uh, and then also, is it Vail? Is that how you say it? Yep, Vail, up in the mountains. So what is it like, obviously, going from the flatlands of Nebraska to going to play up at the Mile High area? I mean, obviously, I know in football people talk about the difference, and I've never been able to experience that as far as a football player. But what would you compare the difference from Omaha to a place like in the mountains near Boulder and all that? Oh, yeah. I mean, Omaha, I mean, you play in the warmer weather. It's humid. It's sticky. Or, I mean, I remember my first ever rugby game. It was like March, like 19th, super cold. The field was flooded. It was puddles everywhere. I think it was like 32 degrees, and it was freezing. And um, then in the summers, it just gets so hot and humid and sticky here. And then when you go, when I went to Colorado, I loved it. It was still a little cold, um, but... It was a bit drier. Boulder was super fun. We played on a super nice field with the flat iron mountains in the background. And then went up to Vail where it was like 10,000 feet elevation. And that's when you're running and you just start to get puffing and puffing. It is so hard to breathe up there. But it's good for you, uh, for your fitness and whatnot. Well, but, yeah, that, that really tested it up in Vail. Well, and when you talk about fitness, is there any, what would be like your different, is there a different regiment that you would have to do compared to the Omaha area and there to keep up with the different styles as far as with the breathing and stuff? Was there more cardio that you had to put into your workouts or was there different eating that you had to do, like different drinking, maybe more of uh, the electrolytes or more water, you know, is, is there anything like that that you would have to do to stay fit and ready to go in the mountains? Oh, man, yeah. Like in, in Vail, you have for sure had to drink two or three times more water than you'd usually do to stay hydrated. And, you know, I always, when I was up there, I drank a lot of, like, uh, beets. That's really good for, like, um, oxidizing your blood and whatnot. So it helps your oxygen, you know, get there easier than it would without them. Um, so that's kind of one thing I did to help me out up there. And, you know, just a lot of a lot of cardio and a lot of getting that, that heartbeat, you know, 180 plus. For, for a while just to get acclimated to that that oxygen intake um so that is a bit different but you really got to work when you're up in that type of elevation but did you feel like the involvement was getting more real for yourself when you moved to the boulder and the veil compared to the high school level oh yeah i mean you know i left i left high school and a year after my last high school rugby game i started playing you know men's clubs um, for a Division two men's team. And, I mean, th this age, I was the youngest guy on the team, 18, of course, but, I mean, the ages went all the way up to, like, 37. So you're playing with guys with a lot of experience. And, you know, going and playing, you know, high school where it's kind of just uh, the structure isn't quite there because everyone's new. It's kind of like who's more athletic. And you get into that men's where people have been around a while and they, they really, you know, play with a purpose and play with a strategy and they move the ball around instead of kind of just running it into contact. And it's really more uh, pretty um, and entertaining to watch that type of rugby. So what you're pretty much saying in that saying right there, I would say they pretty much humbled you to what you can either go further for 
or showed you what reality was when it came to the game of rugby. Is that what you're pretty much saying compared to the high school level? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. It was it was kind of a an eye-opener. Like, I always, you know, come out of high school, I thought, you know, I was a really good rugby player and, and whatnot. So I think I was like, I was 18. I was like, oh, I could tackle these big guys. And uh, I held my own for a little bit, but definitely not as much as I thought I could. Um, so it was definitely good learning from that. Uh, getting that humiliation and that, that humble, um, you know, to make you a better rugby player. That's what I really loved about, you know, making that jump. Well, and then your next jump is you traveled overseas and you went to Bungalow Rebels in Australia where, to me, that's when I think of rugby. That's, that's what I think. Like, I'm thinking overseas, everything's, nothing's here in the United States. Talk about that experience, man. I mean, it had to be once-in-a-lifetime experience to go. Now I'm going to the next level. Because, you know, when you think of games like baseball, you got you got the the college, which is multiple. You got D1, you got the NAIA, you got the JUCO. You, like, you got all these routes that you can go. Then when you go to the MLB, you got minor league A, Minor League A plus, Minor League A double A. You got all these levels. Where would you rank this one over in Australia? Yeah, so that one over in Australia. So of course there's there's uh, the the pro league that um, Australia and New Zealand both go. It's called Super Rugby. So that's the top tier. That's professional. Um, and then there's the levels below, below that. And then where I was, they just it was just first grade. So it was like the first division of the far north coast of New South Wales. So it was the top tier men's club rugby in uh, the northern New South Wales area. And then there was first grade, there was second grade, and there was third grade. Um, And teams, you know, depending on their numbers or how they performed, they'd bounce around those. But Bangalore, where I was, um, it was first grade. And that was a really cool experience. You played with some people that really knew what they were doing, that were playing since they were eight years old or five years old and whatnot. And, you know, you're playing in a beautiful spot of Australia, right outside this place called Byron Bay. Beaches are beautiful. Um, you know, people are great. Now, are you over there by yourself right doing here. this? Yeah. So I, my rugby coach at Grand Canyon University was uh, Australian, Cam Wiper. Um, and he set me up with an amazing opportunity to go down there. But I went, I did go solo down there. So I, I kind of just took a bet on myself uh, and did the jump. Man, you're, you you take a saying that I, I think nowadays the betting on themselves saying just continues to to get stronger when people realize that no matter what decision as a sports athlete that you choose, whether you're trying to make uh, fans happy, um, a hometown, a hometown happy, or anything like that. No matter what, though, it still resorts back to the person that you look in the mirror. And when and when you take this journey and this John over to Australia, where do you think it took you from Boulder to to your next level, which is obviously coming back to the Dallas Rugby Football Club, right after Australia? Yeah, yeah. So after Colorado. Um, that's when I uh, did my first year at GCU and then played there, got connected with my coach that was uh, also Australian, did my first year at GCU, finished that season, 
had a pretty good season with them, had a really good rugby team uh, at that school, and then went over to Australia. And then COVID happened right after I got back from Australia. And uh, that kind of took some off the top. And then I was like, all right, I had to come back to Omaha. I was like, there's got to be the next move. You know, I can't stay the, where I was at in, in my rugby career. I um, knew I needed a bit more exposure. So I was, where's the next place to go? And uh, luckily I had a contact um, here in Omaha who's uh, really invested in the rugby Nebraska. His name is Dave Sinnott great guy um and he hooked me up with the gm of the dallas jackals now miss elaine vassy who uh ended up telling me she didn't get a lot of film on me um she wasn't quite sure if she wanted to sign me to the mlr team yet i was young i just had turned 21 and so she was like come on down come and play with one of our club men's club teams who are both division one uh the dallas rugby football club also known as the reds and the dallas harlequins and luckily the dallas reds reached out to me uh um you know after the conversation they had with the gm and they were like hey we'd love for you to come down what do you need from us and i was like well shoot covid just happened uh got furloughed from my job i was like i need a place to stay they found me someone to live with for the first six months i was there they found me a job when i was down there um and that really got me into that, you know, higher level of rugby, which was what I was looking for. And it was kind of just like me, just wanted, needing to get out of Omaha and, you know, like I said, make that next bet on myself. You know, and there, man, you went through something that a lot of people have either went extreme south or stuck mediocre. And, and you chose a whole different route when it came to the COVID time. Can you go back to what, like, if you're still trying to work, you're still trying to play the game that you love, but you still got to stay in that shape to play that game. How do you, like, what would be a week that you would have to go through just to even try to make it at what you love to do before you even get to the major league? Like, you're not even at the major league. You're still trying to play the game that you love. Yeah. So, I mean, when I was up here in Omaha, um, it was it was it's pretty tough trying to stay in shape, trying to stay um stay strong, stay fit. So when I was working before I had gotten for load, you know I'd work uh you know Monday, Wednesday, Friday at a construction job I had, and then Tuesday, Thursday, I would uh, do class at UNO like online class, and then I'd go lift at uh, Omaha Barbell who was accepting. Uh, members and during the COVID time that whole summer so it was pretty pretty tough but you know I kind of it's it pretty much I knew it was what I wanted to do um that was my goal and you know I really wasn't interested in anything else so that's kind of what got me out of bed um and got to the gym and, and stayed fit and then I had a combine in uh early September with this uh team called Tiger Rugby it was like an international touring side and um, that kind of got my name out there a little bit as well. But, I mean, just staying hungry was really the big thing throughout throughout all of it. Well, and when you talk about your workouts, okay, so are you working, like, for strength, fit? Like, how do you – is your cardio your fit? Like, if I was to do rugby, it's not the same routine as what you did for 
basket or for basketball, baseball, or football. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, because you're going to Omaha to barbells, like like I know what Omaha barbells is, man. They're not lightweights. If yeah. you're not there to lift, just go ahead and go home. I mean, that's that's <laughs> yeah, how real that place is. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And shout out to Omaha Barbell. That's a great gym. But um, yeah, there there's some some strong people in there. But yeah, I mean. Kind of what you want to do for rugby is in that off season, just gain as much weight as you can. Don't be afraid of little belly fat. Um, and then kind of when that season comes up, just hit that that high intensity kind of CrossFit style hard. You know that that uh, functional fitness is what we like to call it. Get on those salt bikes. You know, do a bunch of pull ups and just get that body just mobile and right and um, fit for that season. Because you obviously don't want to be slow, and you got to be you got to be pretty fit to play 80 minutes of that type of sport. So going through your time prior to getting down to Dallas, what are some of the injuries that someone could experience or that you experienced through your time of uh, doing the rugby game? Because right now, if, you, if, if I'm doing the time right, you're looking about four years at this time, right? If you started in 16, we're about 2020 when, when COVID hit, right? So you're about four yeah. years into the game. What what's some of the things that you experience as far as injuries, and how did you come back uh, from those? Yeah, so um, honestly, a lot of shoulders was the one. Luckily, um, I stayed pretty healthy throughout uh, my rugby career. But I mean, shoulders uh, those, those are kind of the big ones. You you need to have mobile shoulders. You need to have strong shoulders and the right technique um, to save them. But I remember in, in high school, uh, I strained like my AC joint, and that kind of that kind of bothered me for for a month or two, and then you know bounced back. 18 years old, it was kind of kind of nice for that. But uh, during that time, I had a, a pretty bad wrist, you know, kind of from falling on the ground. Um, but other than that, I haven't I didn't have much. I mean, luckily no concussions with rugby. Um, or anything like that. I didn't really have any big strains going down to Dallas, which was nice. Just just a minor wrist and a minor shoulder. So we move you down to Dallas. You get a pretty much a host family, is that right? And then you get yep. a job. What what was going through that process and and having a setup with reality of the fact that I'm taking a leap of faith here to go to a city that's way bigger than what Omaha is. But also take oh, yeah. the trip of a lifetime where I know what could be on the other side if I do the right things. What was that experience like? Yeah. So, I mean, I went down there, um, you know, first first couple of days, it was just kind of getting used to it, kind of a shock, you know, a bit of anxiety, like, wow, I'm really down here. Um, should I be doing this? Do I want to do this? You know, and then you always just think back, like, why are you doing this? Um, and then that kind of gets you a bit more comfortable, but. You know, you, you work, you might, you live your normal life, right? And then everything you want to do for rugby is outside your normal life. It's out of the, um, it's out of your normal routine. Like you got to go to work and then you, you got to go work out afterwards and you go do your own skill sets on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And when the season comes around, that's when you practice. Um, and you just got to stay fit in between those and keep showing, showing out week in and week out, um, you know, just to hope you get a shot at that next level. But it was very, it was, it was a tough grind, you know, finding uh, the right spots to work, finding how the new city works, how to get around the new city, you know, 
what spots to avoid and, and whatnot like that, because it is a huge, huge Metroplex. But um, yeah, it's just something you really got to stay hungry for. Well, and you, when you look at your support staff around you, um, what what was going through some of their heads? They, they've obviously, now that you've made it to the Major League Rugby, they've had to share some of their thoughts of, man, when you were doing this, I was supporting you, but here's what I really felt. Like, what what was some of the things that maybe some of them might have said or, or how they supported you through this time? Yeah, so, I mean, my, my immediate family, um, you know, my dad, uh, my late mother, uh, my brothers, my sister, they were always 100% in on support. There was not really any remorse towards anything. Um, you know, it was that that support group I had in Omaha was unreal. They helped me out with everything and had no questions asked. You know, my dad would kind of be like, Oh, what are you going to do? Where are you going to work? How are you going to make money? Um, what are you, are you going to like, what's going on with school? This, this and that. But I mean, he always ended up just always still supporting it. Uh, friends as well. I mean, um, then you kind of get in the, the college where it's like, I was like, I want to go to the MLR. And some of those guys are like, well, I mean, we think you should you should stay and keep playing in college, but at that time, COVID, you don't know if a college a league was happening. I knew direct that a league was happening down there, so that was one thing I just needed to uh, focus on. But yeah, my support. I mean, I didn't really have any um, any issues with with anyone in terms of support. Maybe Australia, where it's like my brothers are like, "What the heck are you going down to Australia for?" He's going down under. Go get a yeah. foster, you know? <laughs> yeah, get a foster. Yeah, 15-hour time change and stuff. I mean, you really only got like a four-hour window to talk to your family if you want to call home. See, so. and I, I got to think that technology has helped these trips, these experiences go a little easier. You know, I, I was a young Air Force brat, so I lived over in Holland back in the eight, like late 80s, early 90s. So, like, we were there when the Berlin Wall went down. Yes, I know. I, I feel like I'm uh, old. Sure. But but <laughs> we couldn't just always call home, and we couldn't always most definitely video home. Um, so that, that obviously the technology has had to make that experience easier. And when, and when you look at that, was, was the Internet and all that accessible over there in Australia like it is here for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. Hey, honestly, it was easy. You know, you get to you get to stay in touch with all your friends. You know, via Instagram, text, FaceTime, and whatnot, which was really cool. Um, you know, you get, stay in contact with your family. It was so, like being able to FaceTime them and talk to them was super nice. Um, but there's still that challenge of that time change. So you know, like when one of your buddies FaceTimes you, you know, at like twelve twelve a.m. their time, it's like I'm waking up. You know, it's like 7 a.m. I'm getting ready to go to work. <laughs> so you kind of get a, a bit of FOMO, but you, it's uh, it's still really nice having that type of technology to be able to be able to do something like that. So it was pretty easy. I can't say it wasn't. And, and obviously being a guy that is going from different areas and different jobs, what would you say your favorite job in this whole experience is besides obviously the rugby part, but what's your favorite job that you've experienced and what's the job that you're just like, I did it because I had to, but I would never, yeah. ever, ever do that again. <laughs> yeah, so probably my favorite job is when I first moved down to Dallas. You know, I worked on a golf course, and I got 
free golf. And, you know, that kind of got me in with some of those, those, uh, older Dallas guys. Cause I was a young guy coming in and the older Dallas guys were like, Hey, I get free golf at this, you know, pretty nice country club. And so every like Tuesday or Thursday, they're like, Hey, golf today, golf today. I'm like, all right, sweet. So I had a pretty good end with the, the older guys. Um, even though they used me for my golf, but that was probably my favorite part. And then the, the one I had to do it because I had to was in Australia. It was really the only job I could work down there. I was, I was kind of like a, a ranch hand on this guy's, um, uh, kind of, he was a big, uh, environmentalist. So he was like trying to build this own rainforest and like his acres he had, um, in the really hill country of Australia. And all oh, he, he like, I mean, you're cutting down pathways, you're landscaping. I mean, you're building, um, you're building sheds, you're pouring concrete. I mean, you're just, a, you're, you're, you're a all handyman. Yeah. You learned. Yeah. But you had to say you may not like it, but you is that probably where you learn most of your beyond like regular life stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's really when uh, that's when you bite the or uh, the, you fight those um, mental battles. You know, you know, it was an eight hour day. Um, at that time, Australia wasn't too hot, but it was hard work. And I mean, like you, you never knew it was gonna pop out because Australia is like the land of like crazy exotic animals you know spiders as big as your head and snakes that can kill you with the bite and there's so many different types of snakes so it's kind of just kind of that as well you know i'm working in these woods i'm like what's gonna pop out now uh a lot of but, unknown by what by what i'm hearing and i i'm feeling oh, yeah. man i i'm i'm a i'm a lawn guy myself i'm outside all the time and a single i've had like a a bug fly in my ear. And that's like one of the worst things I couldn't imagine <laughs> having to worry about a, a, a spider the size of my head or anything of that sort. So when you oh, look at yeah. all this, all this experience, you brought up a great thing that I think sometimes is really scary to talk about when you brought up the mental aspect, where do you, where do you find your mental composure and where you're finding your mental pullback to get you back to, being where you want to be all the time because obviously when you're not at home with family and I obviously don't know your significant other situation, but by what I'm taking from your story is it's, it's a lot of you and and you're living, you're living your dream and don't get me wrong. There's probably some female that will be there or is there in, in due time, but you're living something that a lot of people take for granted because they think that they just get it handed to them, but you're going through all these experiences to get to where you are. What, what's, what's the mental, how do you keep that where you want to be? Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot. Um, there's a lot, especially when you're by yourself in these places. Um, you really gotta, you just gotta stay focused and stay driven and, and kind of keeping that routine. Cause if you fall off that routine, that's when it can kind of uh, spiral downwards and you kind of don't know what to do from there and there's definitely some times where it's just like shoot like what do I do now like is this even worth it and sometimes you think it's not and sometimes you believe it's not but uh, I mean at the end of the day if you just stick to that routine that you have and just remember why you do it and the why for everything um, it, it, it really helps you out but it is it is interesting it's, it's just like any other battle you win some you lose some but um, it's it's really just but the biggest thing for me was just sticking in a routine and trying to find the resources to have that routine. 
And when you talk about like your resources, is there a, a certain amount of team that you kind of look for, whether it's a trainer? I mean, do you have outside trainers? Is is that a big thing in rugby like there is for baseball, basketball, and football? Yeah, um, there is. Sometimes it's usually those guys that have been playing before that, you know, they, they've played professionally and internationally for their country and now they live the American life and they don't mind helping out a rugby guy, but it's just, it's not as easy as you'd get it from like a football trainer or a basketball trainer or something like that. Cause it's so few and far in between um, to find one of those guys. But you know, the resources you really need is just, you know, a, a gym um, and just self accountability. That's, that's the biggest thing. If you have self accountability, you can, you can train yourself. You can make sure you get faster. You can make sure you get stronger and fitter. Man, I, I, I'm going to be honest, Hayden, that right there, that alone is, is a big message for people to take. Um, because everybody, um, when you grow up going through school, you're always counting on everybody. You're counting on teachers to teach you. You're counting on the coach to show you the play that you want to run. Or, um, But when you're able to know that it's all the guy that looks in the mirror, it's the one that comes back to you. Um, when you look at your first month in the the granddaddy of all, at least you know a thing called major league rugby, well, what did what's your biggest takeaway so far in this last month? Oh, I mean, getting into it, I was I've felt as more green as I ever have before in, in terms of just feeling so new, like going to that type of setup where it's like, I mean, you've gotten guys that have played for England, for South Africa, for New Zealand, like top, top tier rugby guys, some of the best in the game have come to America and play. And I'm just this, you know, 22-year-old kid coming out of club league. And so when I first got there, it's just like, geez, like this is it. It's, it's fast paced. Um, you got to really be focused. I mean, you're training from, you know, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. every day. And that's a mix of you know, field sessions, intelligence sessions, weight sessions, um, you know, making sure your body recovers right, your mobility, having therapy done for your body that on the things that, are, you know, got the bumps on them. Uh, so when I just went in there, it was just like a whole new world. It took me, I'm still, I'm only like my fifth weekend and I'm still just trying to find, find that routine that fits right for me in this, uh, in this setting. So now that you are considered a part of that major league, are you still kind of green as far as like you're looking at him being bigger and better than you? Or are you starting to really feel that you belong and, and that's why you are where you are? Because a lot of people will get that that fame deer look in the headlights where like, man, I've seen this guy play on the big screen. And here I am. Yeah. I mean, I think one of your most recent posts, man, that dude was easily double your size, man. You're a little guy. I forget the yeah, guy's yeah. name, but uh, he was not small. And you said, "Yeah, I even took a hit from him." Like, what are yeah. what are well, what is of, that like? Yeah, one of them was Chris Robshaw, who captain or captain the English national side in, in World Cups as well, like the top tier competition. Um, that was the first one, and then Ma Anonu, one of the, just the legends, absolute legends of rugby, played for the All Blacks. You know, um, he. He tackled me in one of them, and he easily dealt with my side. He's a big fella. But just, you know, being on the same field as him, you know, once, I mean, you're nervous, but once, you know, 
rugby becomes rugby, you hit someone, you run somewhere, it all kind of just drowns out who's in front of you or who's next to you. You know, I, I play with a guy named, you know, Chris Pennell, who's, who's played over 250 games in the top tier league in England, the premiership. Um, and sometimes, you know, playing next to him, you, you really kind of forget how good that person is just because you're so involved in this chaotic game. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's been interesting. It's now, is it a sport where someone like that will pull you in like under your wing? Is that like the style that it goes? Cause obviously there's so many levels. Sometimes when you get to those type of sports and so many levels, it's a dog eat dog where they don't really, they're not like a, a teacher to, even though they are the guy that has played that many games They're They're more like, okay, this is a new guy. He'll find his own way. Or do you feel like it's more of, hey, come on, man. You're going to roll right with us. Right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, rugby is a game of, uh, you know, not about one person trying to do 15 things. It's about 15 people trying to do one thing. You know, so that's that's really where it comes in. Someone someone like that with so much experience, they're actually trying to to develop, you know, younger guys into becoming – a, a unit that does one thing, 15 players doing one thing. So, I mean, they've been more helpful than anything. No one's like remorseful. No one's like, oh, new kid in here. He's a local kid. He's, everyone's just been super helpful. And then I, I, I think we could get you out of here on this. That way you can get to uh, hanging with the family as we appreciate you taking out the time. Hayden Hill, once again, he's a part of the Major League Rugby team, uh, Dallas Jackals. Um, is from here in Omaha, went to Omaha Central. Um, when you look at back in 2016 and you made this decision, what was your end result and how close are you there to getting there? Yeah, so, I mean, my goal was, I said it, you know, when I was 18, I was like, I want to play professional rugby. This league's out now, I want to play it. And, uh, you know, luckily the timing and the situation was right that I was able to play my first uh, pro rugby game. And the week after, I was able to start my first pro rugby game. And the week after that, I was able to start my second pro rugby game. So I was just super happy with the result of that. And, you know, going in there and thinking you achieved your goal, you just, at, at that point, I just thought, what's next, you know? And there's obviously that, the international, there's that USA side, um, which, I mean, I've gotten this at 22. I wouldn't mind having you know, extending my goal to that, you know, really working hard, working on myself mentally, physically to get up to representing my country and, uh, an international play. So if I can ask this, I know I said the last one was last, but what, what does a road look like to get to the national level? Do you know, do you have the connections? Have you made the connections? Yes. Yeah. No worries. As many questions as you want. I'm, I'm, I'm in no rush right now, but yeah. Um, yeah, I had. I mean, the connections are there. I mean, you're in. Uh, you're in the MLR now. Now you're under the spotlight. Uh, I, I have the connections that I've made throughout the years I've played, um, college to club to professional. There's, there's people that are in the in the professional setup because it's such a small community in America right now. Um, so I mean, but really, what you got to do is you just got to show out and, and and prove that you can do that and you can play on the same field as, you know. Uh, New Zealand or England or South Africa or Tonga or Samoa, you know, you really got to prove that you can play with those and against those type of players. Well, I greatly appreciate you sharing this story. I, myself, Brian, 
who we both have no idea anything about rugby, but I promise you, once I saw that song from Omaha, has put it on the map, it's time to get the word out to everybody out there. And remember that there's more sports than your regular four of basketball, baseball, football, and hockey. There's more sports out there. There's more opportunities. Now, when you're at the major league, though, do you have to work like you did before on the other teams? Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you got to stay hungry. Because, um, yeah, I mean, you never know if, you never know who's going to come in. And, you know, that's, that's your profession at, your, at that point. Of course, everyone's trying to do the same thing and win games. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a profession. If someone's in there and they're outperforming you, that's your job, right? So you got to stay hungry. You got to stay healthy. Um, and you just got to keep showing why you should be there at that level and on that team. Well, thank you again, Hayden. And I can't wait to see what comes of this Dallas Jackals. And uh, when's the next game? Um, they're playing. I'm, I'm uh, away for this game. I have um, in Omaha this weekend. But the next game is this Saturday. They're playing Seattle in Seattle. Um, and I believe that should be on uh, – uh, the Rugby Network, which is free to stream, um, free to watch, and there's a good broadcast that they have. And I believe it's 7 p.m. Central Time. Awesome. And if anybody wants to follow you, how can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at Hayden Hill 3, uh, Twitter at Hayden Hill 03. And those are, those are pretty much my two uh, big platforms that I use. And just a message to all those young guys and, or the parents listening to this. I mean, go out, go find Rugby Nebraska. They'll find what club your kid can play for. It's non-discriminatory. Anyone can play it. So, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're five foot four or six foot ten. There's a position for you. Uh, go out there and find it. It's there for you. And there's a pathway now. So, well, thanks again for setting it. that pathway. And and I I feel like you uh, set a good good example for those that are coming up. And good luck with your uh, future endeavors. And uh, hopefully, we get to talk to you one time when you get to go. I'm on the United States rugby team. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys' time, and thanks for having me on. All right. You have a great night. See you, buddy. All right. See you. Thank you very much.